um, that night. The front row forwards. Uh, so our second last one, there's two big guns once again. Payne Haas, number one. Tino Fasso, my I forgot to say originally as well, with the dual players, I basically just picked one, picked them in one position. I didn't bother trying to pick them in, in two lots of positions. Um, and I picked him in the position I thought most super coaches are picking these players as well. Uh, number three, Joseph Tappany. If we're going off the All-Stars game, goodness me, he's in for another belter of a year. That was, I know Jesse has a bit of a soft spot for him, so we'll get to him soon. Number four, I almost regret putting him at number four at the moment. I actually would swap him and Leo Thompson because, again, going off the All-Stars game, Leo Thompson. Far, I, I've got to say, fuck me. He looked phenomenal like that. He looks like now the main guy at the Newcastle Knights who is going to leave from the front and just dominate. He looks so hard to tackle. I'm looking at him going there. He's going to be tackle bus galore. Bring it on. I've got him as my main prop forward at the moment, and, and I actually lo- absolutely love it. Then I'd switch number five to Thomas Flegler from the Dolphins too. We've spoken about him in the past. Maybe not as exciting, um, not as much X-factor as the others, but the thing I like with Flegler, for his price, I easily see at least a 10-point advantage getting there so you can get him up to that that price packet and then trade him off to someone else, and I think you'll get to that price pretty quickly for, for the work he'll do. So, Jesse, take it away with those five. Um, I like the top three, and I really like Leo Thompson. Um I was very early on Leo Thompson. I'm so glad he played really well because I was just like, yes, it's justified. Um, but Payne Haas is number one and clear. I think yeah. he starts off so hot. It's, you know, one of those guys, if you're going to justify a must-have in your front row, he's definitely the man for it. Um, I feel like this year isn't as friendly for budgeting. Last year he was cheaper to start and we had a bit more to play with in the cash option because there were so many cheapies that we were just blessed with. We could afford to have a lot of these big guys. But... Um, yeah, he was a guy that I threw in my team and found very hard to not have when I started team building. And now I've obviously gone away from the the premium, premium front row options. Uh, but he will be in my team as soon as he can. I guarantee that at the very least. So he's a, he's a weapon. Um, and I just see him getting better every year too, honestly. See, when's he going to stop going up and up and up? But no, he's he's just, yeah. He's a weapon, man. He's a monster. He's so good. All he has to do is to put an offload in his game, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a better pain Haas than we've seen before. So, so that's one thing he doesn't really do, man, and he doesn't need to. I mean, look what he scores. Imagine if he could just get one or two of them. I think he scored one try, maybe. So it's it's no attacking all of him. It's just him just being a freak out there. Um, Tino's pretty much in the same boat, but he's a bit more, you know, bit more attacking i guess like the dual position's really nice he's obviously the dearest out of everyone that we've spoken about here so 790 is a lot um i probably would leave him at second though i i just think he might start off a little slower out of dares i'm not too sure what to expect out of tino just yet i'm more than happy to wait and see with him um yeah. at some point in the year you're going to have the best props in the game in your front row it's just going to happen if you sort of budget properly and there's a good chance that you have Haas and Tino in your team. It just depends on how early you can get them both. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just want to see what happens with him. If he starts dropping and, you know, it gets pretty favorable, I, I might make that play sooner than Haas, potentially. It just really, really depends. Um, 
but I will like to see what happens with him because his brother looks pretty good out there too. So, yeah, could be some options, but they do have some plays to get through. So I, I still I don't feel like that seventy nine um, or seventy seven point sorry average is sustainable to begin with. I think it might tick over later on. Um, bro, Tarpany, what a freak! How good was he? He was on some just. <laughs> Nuts, nuts score by the end of that game, and he didn't need the minutes really for it either. He's been one of the most underrated super coach players, I think, this year. I do not think anyone has spoken about him. And right now, he's one of those players I could make a very valid argument to have as one of the must have sort of players when you put into price range, when you put into points that he can get, when you put into the fact that he's in a Raiders team this year that needs leadership. It's screaming for it. He will be one of those guys. And it looks like if this All-Stars game is anything to go by, that leadership role being that figurehead for a team just suits him down to a T. Yep. It's scary yeah. at the moment not having him. And if there's any, like, obviously we've all, we're both decided to go quite cheaper when it comes to, to the front row forwards. But if you just want to go down slightly, as you said, it makes it a bit easy to go up to one of those big guns when they start to look like they're really taken off. Tarpany is, is your golden ticket to that. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't trade Tarpany away, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like you have him and you just roll with him because you're just going to get that out of him, you know? And mm. if he's going to base you 65 or 50 minutes, barely, you know, you can have a 40-minute game and still score you 80 points. Like, that's the thing, man. Um, his just points per minute is insane. So um, I do, I, I've mentioned before, you know, if you're going to want to go hard in the, the front row, if that's kind of the way that you want to play your game, um, you could do way worse than Tarpany, Jesus. And if you don't want to spend up near 800K for the top two, 650 is a bargain for him. And yeah, man, like it's a pretty thin pack. There's a lot of the youngsters in that team. Um, you just need one of these big dogs to step up and, you know, you just got to, He's proven he can do it. You just sort of want to get more out of him in general. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very tempted after that. I was already pretty tempted just trying to get a bit more value in my front row because I wasn't liking how cheap they both were to the fact that I have no front row bench. Um, and I thought, you know, Haas, Tino, these guys, they are going to get away from me if I don't do something. Because with a couple of plotters, you know, they're going to get me the, what they're priced at, maybe a smidge more of a bump. I'm going to have to lose someone else to get up there. So I've, I've pondered the idea as well. But then I thought, fuck, if I have Tarpany, I don't want to get rid of him either. Um, yeah. I'm just getting more and more off Flegler going down to number four. Tarpany, I think, great move. I'm half considering it again. But going down the list, yeah, I, I didn't see enough out of him. Not enough to really be like, I need this guy in my team desperately but it's a trial you can either say the trial is the best thing to ever happen to a player or you can say it's just a trial so there's two sides to the coin but it just yeah. it seemed to be less it seemed like he was doing less than he did at the broncos yeah just just on the eye test in general anyway um could probably run the numbers it wasn't very impressive he didn't run much so uh it was just a job he just did a job and i don't want someone that i'm paying you know 475 for to do a job really like it's kind of half the point with him but you do want that little bit of bump and don't know he, he might obviously get that during an actual game it is a trial and he's quite experienced to to not have to worry too much about showing himself like these youngsters have to kind of prove their point get that position on the bench he doesn't need a position on the bench he knows he's going to be starting 
Um, but Jared Wallace is clearly. Oh, he oh, was. <laughs> there he is. I was thinking about Jared Wallace later in the season when we spoke from the Titans video. Yeah. I thought, fucking, what later of the season? Jared Wallace is back already. He's the guy, man. Like, if you got to start someone, give it to him at the very least. He killed it. So there's an honorable mention. 563K. Nowhere near that man. price. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Not um, bad for what he did. The one thing that a lot of people probably watching will straight away think, and, and I did as well, but there is, there is, I want to explain myself why I haven't done it. I haven't included a Roosters forward in either the second row or the front row forward, and there's clearly a couple of possibly standout players, like front row, like Terrell May could be one, second row, Wong. The reason I haven't is because I'm just still – there's still so much uncertainty around who actually gets these spots at the moment for the Roosters. So when I'm picking these top five players, I want to make sure I'm picking players who I believe are certainties for that position, are certainties for decent minutes, et cetera, where with the Roosters, because there is so much quality around that place at the moment and those positions, I just don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't think anyone does. I don't even think Trent Robinson knows what is happening at the moment. Like it just is that wide. Like the rear Hargraves early suspension helps a little bit, but still, like the fact that he's away, players like Tupanua or Crichton can easily go and play some uh, middle um, minutes and take away from Terrell May and um, and Lenu and the like. So yeah. that's the reason I haven't. I could easily have Terrell May or uh, Lenu in this top five because of obviously their upside and the benefits I think you'll get. Terrell May would be the big one with his points per minute, but just, as I said, that uncertainty around all those Roosters forwards are why I haven't put them in the top five. Yeah. Yeah, and just touched on the Roosters players as well. Um, I don't think he was half expecting Tupanua to be his best forward, to be fair, because he was... Oh, he was great. Clear. He was fantastic. Um, I think in a perfect world, he kind of hopes that, like, Crichton or Wong do the job for him, and he goes, oh, I don't have to worry about it now. I can just play these guys. But, yeah, Tupanua put his... Put his uh, foot in that position, man, with how good he was. So there could be one for us. If Tupanua gets the spot, he's the cheapest out of everyone. In that oh, second I said as well roost. in my um, preview video, uh, video uh, review video I put up uh, yesterday, a lot of people have forgotten just about how good Tupanua was before his injury. Like yeah. he was arguably one of the probably top five second rows in the competition at the time. And he was so good at that edge, barging over for tries, etc. Like I think... A lot of people are sleeping on Tupanori, as you said. Even if you can get a 60-minute roll, I'd be all over him. Yeah, with 60 minutes, I don't know if he has the like the massive upside. I think you do want the 80 I out of him. Think... I've like he's, he's less than 400K, so he doesn't have to really do too much to get there. But if his points per minute is like a 0.7, which I feel like it'll be around that sort of 0.7-ish, maybe a little lower um, on an average game, it's not a great deal of upside. It's just going to plot along. But... Um, he's a really good player with a lot of potential anyway. Um, I've He's a really good draft option. I've had him in drafts before, and he just does what you want him to do, and sometimes a bit more. So, yeah, I do like him for that, but you just have to see, obviously. The problem with the Roosters forwards as well is I don't think any of their, especially their backs, back row forwards or anything, will be 80-minute players this year. That's the problem. No. So if yeah. we look, we need to really look at that points per minute factor, and that's when someone like May really comes into it. Because we know even if he only gets his 40, 45-minute stint, 
that'd be a de- that'd be a good score. <laughs> we're we're very happy taking that as super coaches. Where yeah. the back row is, even with Wong, like he's a very great player, a very great upside player, and in the super coach side of things as well. But if again, like if he's only getting a sixty minute stint, like yeah, it could still be enough. Like he has plenty of attacking upside, but. There's a huge bit of area concern when you compare it to the rest of the second row forwards that are around that price point, and as you said, that little bit bit more expensive as well. So, mm. so much to to go on with the Roosters, and even Teamless Tuesday, I think, won't help us. Like, it's going to actually be one of those things with the Roosters. We need to watch the first few weeks, which may mean we miss out on some early points, but it may benefit benefit us all in the long run. Yeah, I'm more than happy to sacrifice a couple rounds worth of points because I'll have someone else, you know what I mean? And they're not going to make no points. Um, Just to be sure that I'm not going to get caught out having the wrong one. Yeah. That's kind of where I would sit with it. I'm Um, leaning towards that as well. Yeah, if if we can give it about, you know, at least three weeks, wait to see what happens with their pricing. You kind of get an idea on who looks like they'll be the guy for it. Um, I'm more than happy to make that switch over providing they look really appealing. But again, there are so many forwards to get through that you just can't be an 80-minute forward in that team with how much they've got to rotate. They might all play 50, 60 minutes, all of them, and just mix around behind the two props. Might get lower, might get between, or Collins will probably get 50. Um, Terrell May, fingers crossed he gets 40 because that'll probably be 60 points for him. So we'll just have to see. but there is a lot of falls to get through, and there's probably going to be two or three that don't even get a game. They don't even get on the bench. So, yeah, yeah, I don't want to have those guys if I can avoid it. Um, so that fifth spot, you could give it to any of those guys. Um, just briefly touching on off the top of my head the players that we've spoken about that we're all pretty hot on. Leo Thompson, pretty much from like maybe even the first team reveal. I was like, this could be Thompson's best season. I'm very keen for it. We all know about the Knights draw, considering we've talked about Ponga a thousand times. Um, yeah, man, he's better than both Saifides. He's looking good. Um, I should have had Sam Hughes in. He's our man. Sam Hughes, he's a big one too for the cash side of things. Um, Totola, I've been so hot on Totola. He's not getting out of my team. Terrell May is one. Um, there's so many in that 400s, and you don't even like, you can go up again, creep into the fives. Um, a lot of people are pretty hot on Ruben Cotter. I was thinking about, because, you know, we put that little call out there to to the listeners thinking, why is everyone so super hot on Ruben Cotter? He's got the captaincy. So you would think naturally he would be on the field longer than he has been. You know, if he's, he's probably going to start, that was his issue that he wasn't getting starts out of it. Didn't help um, Tamalolo. Well, well. We all know why that's the problem. <laughs> starts with a starts with a T and ends with an odd Peyton. <laughs> Ding dong. Pod um, Pod Tayton. Pod Tayton. Potato. <laughs> potato. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm still not as sold on the 20-30% ownership, whatever it is, but I can kind of see the point. Expecting him to be a point a minute player, which he is, but to just be getting 60 plus minutes. Okay, fair enough. Still meat and potatoes for me, man. So, yeah. you know, I you agree. can throw him in there. 540, you know, he might have a slight bit of upside. Um, but again, man, 27%, fuck, I'm missing something. 
I'm missing something. Max King is someone that I've been pretty keen on too. But again, look at my side after I've done it a couple of times and I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's the Bulldogs. I might have six of them, seven of them. I'm like, I can't afford this. It's too much. Like, it's way too many. So I just think with the with the lack of depth in their forward pack, Max Thompson moves into a new gear. Sam Hughes could come into it as well. So I'm like, there, I've got two of them. Shit. Yeah. You know, you got Josh Curran potentially. You're going to have Hutchison and maybe Karaz if I make that play. And then Bronson Cherry, like, fucking, where do you stop? There's too many of them. So yeah, great value team. But the 500s, it's a bit of a. You know, a bit of a lucky dip. That's why I'm happy to go down a little bit more or just play with the top three. Fanua Blake is a massive exclusion from this list too. I haven't even touched on him. Um, he was he was red hot property. I hoping you bring year. it up. Hey, I was hoping you'd bring it up. Yeah, I wasn't going to let that one slip, and I thought I'd wait till the end anyway. But it's a big one to not even have in the list for a top five. So you're expecting him to just not be able to back it up. I just think there'll be too much head noise for him this year. There was a, quite a few tries in there last year as well. There was a lot. Um, I don't. I'm not saying he'll fall out of the pack in terms of being a top five front rower in the NRL. I still think he'll do that. I just think, for a super coach point of view, I don't see that the real value and appeal to own him from the start because. I just don't know what, what I'm going to get from him. He'll still be, no doubt, an enforcer for the Warriors, but I don't know. Like, he, he's yeah. literally, that that uh, release came out of absolutely nowhere. So who's to say he might not pop up, come round 10 and go, guys, I just need to get the fuck out of here. Like, it's, I, I've got to go. Like, that's, no, I don't, I'm not going to question his character at all. I don't think he's that type of guy. Like, if the Warriors are needing him and going, well, I, I anticipate he'll stay around, but... You just don't know how bad the situation is. It's making him leave either. Like if it's, um, I don't know, life and death situation, touch wood, it's not for, for whoever is involved with him. You don't want to wish that upon anyone, but you just, unfortunately, you just don't know. And the fact that he had to resort to leaving a place that he looks so settled in, he's been playing such good footy and he was, mm. there was literally arguments for him throughout last year being the best prop in the competition. Like I'm talking ahead of Payne Haas at some points, not just at Supercoach, but in the NRL, like there was literally, you could make valid, valid arguments about that. That's how good he was going. So to leave that and to go to a team where the Sharks, I'm not going to say struggle, like they're clearly not, but I generally think the Warriors have a better future and a brighter future for the next couple of years than the Sharkies do. So to leave that and to, and Originally, that was looking like the only real targets to get him was the Tigers or the Dragons or the Dogs. There's no way in the world you wanted to lead the Warriors to go to one of those clubs. No. That just no. makes me feel like, unfortunately, his personal situation might be quite significant. And as a human being, that sort of stuff can just naturally will play on your mind. Like you might try and say, oh, no, I'm, I'm away from it. It's all good. I'm in the zone. But let's all be human beings for a second. If we've got something going on in our personal life, we always say to our bosses or whatever, like, oh, yeah, no, we've forgotten about it. We haven't. Like, it is literally on our mind day in, day out of while that, that's going on. So I just think from a human point of view, I just feel like I just can't start with him for a super coach. Yeah. No, it's it's a fair point. Um, Something happened. Like, something had to have happened. Because mm. 
yeah, he, he was just doing so so well in that side, and it's a bit of a shame. I don't really want to see him leave them because you know I like that Me sort either. of play for the Warriors too because I felt the Warriors needed it more than he did. Um, but it just depends what that noise is, man. Because you got to think like Payne Haas had a pretty rough, you know, preseason himself mm. with the family, especially with everything that went down with him, and it didn't seem like it really did a great deal to his game. Um, whether you can separate still that around side him. of it, hey. His yeah. his family issues were here. They were still local to him. Where at, yeah. uh, apparently with AFB, the family issues are they're all over in, other, in a different country. So yeah, so it's he's not, not just saying he it. can just drive. Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. So he's separated from it all too, and I think it might just be riding on him. You know, if that's the case, then it's the case. Like you can't do anything about that. You miss guy misses his family. Shit, fuck, I would too if I was. And, and credit country. to the Warriors. Like Warriors fans don't listen to this and think we're having a pot shot at the club. We actually. I love the Warriors. I love everything yeah. they do. I think the, the game owes them so much for what has happened with them. And the like, I love the crowds there. I love where the game is at there. And I, I honestly, I'd put another team into New Zealand if if it was up to me mm. with the scenes that we have been seeing. And credit to the Warriors as a club. I, we're going a little bit off track here with the Supercoach point of view, but just credit how they handled that situation. There's so many clubs out there who would have seen their one of their best players at the club come to them with that request and go dig their heels in become back page news about what's going on and then it becomes an ugly fallout because we always know the player ends up leaving no matter what at least they've handled it in a really good way a really respectful way from what how we've seen it from not being in amongst the four walls and just credit to the club because i think the warriors as a whole as an organization are doing some really good things i really like what they're doing the next couple of years i don't see him falling i know there's players uh people out there that see him falling i don't i think they'll still be around where they have been and just, yeah, credit to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, big time, man. And I feel like even for, for Fanua Blake himself, I just feel like naturally the Warriors might have a bit more of a morale boost than the Sharks will have as an individual, as a player. Like, yeah. you know, you look at the playing group that you're with, and I just reckon that it's an absolute laugh with the Warriors. Yeah. I feel like, you know, if, the, if that side of things wasn't his game and he could just get his family over to with him or, you know, obviously – we're just talking shit out loud. There must be things deeper in the issues. Otherwise, that would have been pretty easily resolved. Um, yeah, man, this looks like a good club to be with, especially when they're on the up and everyone's supporting them because, you know, you're getting, you know, you can hate every other team by your own, but I feel like you can't hate the Warriors. And it's going the same. Yeah. It's everyone's second team. Up the plus wires. You know, <laughs> up the wires, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you, you want to be a part of that if you can. And he has been a very, very big part of last season's, you know, success. So. It will be a shame to see him um, see him go from that team. But, yeah, it's just um, he's a good player, man. Whether or not he carries it on to this season, I don't think it really matters. Um, might not be the play. There is still a fair bit of talent outside of him to look at. Last season he kind of excelled. But you know what? There's a good chance that he goes down and he's in like top any price range. I'd still play with that. I reckon if that's yeah. if it's between the two and I don't have one, I'd be like, I know his upside. Run with it. Hey there, Joel from the League of Inches podcast. Just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. I really do hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches 
it does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well. So again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum. So make sure you get around the page. Massive things coming up this year in 2024. Have a great day.